Welcome to the OK Jazz Podcast, episode number 164, Saturday, September 9th, 2023. My name is James St. Caspo, Mr. OK Jazz, coming to you as always from the rough, gritty, and very, very slowly moving into the fall season, but not quite yet, streets of North Yokohama, right here in the Tokyo metropolitan area of Eastern Japan, the world's largest megacity. I'm a freelance broadcaster and music writer, and this podcast is pretty much whatever's been on my playlists recently. No borders or genres, just a whole lot of great tunes. Well, I love the little groove on that one that we opened with today. That was the great Jerry Mulligan, a tune called One to Ten in Ohio. And that comes from his album, The Age of Steam. Well, you can hear from those titles that there's a very strong railroad train concept on this album. Well, Jerry Mulligan played mainly the baritone saxophone. It's not a common instrument, and by many accounts, it's a very difficult one to play with any real fluidity. Well, he became very famous back in the 1950s in the group with Chet Baker, and then went on to play with many other great musicians, such as Art Farmer and Bob Brookmeyer. Also was a very prolific composer at the time. And this album, The Age of Steam, is entirely his original compositions. I first heard this one many years ago and have been wanting a copy since then and finally found a relatively cheap one online, so I snapped it up. Really love this whole record, so I'll get another tune up soon to share with you. Not sure if you can get this on CD, but it's definitely available on all the streaming services. It's funny, you know, I always thought it was recorded sometime in the 1980s, actually, but, you know, when you see Jerry's smiling, really beautifully bearded face on the cover, um, you would think he was a bit older. He was actually only 44 when they recorded this in 1971, and, well, he looks more like 64 here, but that's the life of a jazz man in those days, I suppose. Pretty hard, especially with all the drug issues that many of them had when they were younger. Well, all right, so what's happening? Um, hope you've had a wonderful summer and are ready for the nice, crisp fall weather that can't come soon enough. Of course, if you're listening down under in the Southern Hemisphere, you're ready for your springtime, I'm sure. I've been pretty busy here the last couple weeks, working on this and that. Um, still taking copies of the Tokyo Jazz Joint's photo book around to various cafe owners. Last weekend was so happy to head over to the historic Eagle and Doug Cafes in Central Tokyo. You know, it's funny, as much as I love all the feedback from the people who purchased the book, and we've been getting a lot of great, loving comments, seeing the cafe owners' reactions as they flip through, looking at the pictures, just amazing. It's really inspired us to keep going, too. I've already been doing some research for an upcoming domestic trip to visit some more jazz joints early next year, so stay tuned for all of that. Still so many jazz spots left in Japan for me to visit. Uh, now, we've been on hiatus the last few weeks for the Tokyo Jazz Noise podcast, but we do have a new episode dropping next Sunday. It's going to be the first part of a series that documents our trip to the Kansai region of Western Japan last spring. Philip and I are really enjoying recording these episodes, and we're so happy that there's so many listeners out there enjoying listening to it. Continually amazed that there's an audience for two middle-aged men talking about visiting jazz cafes. It proves that there's indeed an audience for literally any topic out there. 
But what else? I've also been helping out a little on another project uh, that's not really just jazz related, but it's been taking me to some other genres of record listening bars. I had a really nice chat the other day with the owner of the bar 33 and a third bar in Shibuya. Ito-san there has a huge collection of rock, soul, and other genres, and that place has been open more than 10 years on a street I've been to dozens of times, right next to Shibuya Station, and I never even knew about it. It's not hyperbole, folks. Nowhere on earth has more places to listen to good music on vinyl than Tokyo. I mean, just this one street on the south side of Shibuya Station has bar music, bar 33, the DJ spot Zoo Bar, and then a short walk from Bar Tangle and JBS. I'll probably be 75 years old and still hitting all these great music bars around town, I hope, even if I'm just drinking ginger ale by then. Okay, more than enough chitter chatter, let's get to the good stuff. Another packed show of great tunes, new and old. Uh, gonna hear another one from the latest Daniel Villarreal album, Lados B. Uh, another one from that great Cecilia Smith project I introduced on the last episode. And we've got brand new release as well from drummer and band leader Mark Giuliana. He's an OK Jazz favorite over the years. Plus some classic rock and soul tunes for you. And even a real quirky one from France on an interesting reissue that just came in. All that and more. But first, from an album I introduced earlier in the year. It's the latest release from Afro-Andean Funk. That's a fascinating project from singer and educator Araceli Poma from Peru and bassist composer Matt Garrity from the United States, where they're going deep into the musical history of Peru, the Afro-Peruvian traditions, and also including songs that are sung in the Quechua language, which is spoken by many people in the rural parts of the country. Uh, Quechua, of course, was the main language of the Inca Empire. It vastly predates the introduction of Spanish into the region. But this project also looks outwards too, and on this, uh, this track we're gonna hear, uh, it includes Vox Sambu, who's doing a bit of rapping. He is from Haiti, and he is rapping in Creole. And Mano Beats as well from Haiti um, in Creole and English. So check out this really groovy one called Wake Up from amazing Afro-Andean funk. OK Jazz, episode number 164. Ikimasho! Pour combattre, 
Where's the lesson that can be denied? Qui ça qui fait, qui ça qui faut, au lieu nous prenons, nous dos à dos. Trop relation partie sous filtre, yo pas tiré ten coubrique. Bien like, la manque que, si loin, jamais tiré. Qui ça qui fait, qui ça qui faut, au lieu nous prenons, nous dos à dos. Illusion.
very cool ones there. First, another tune from the new Daniel Villarreal album. It's called Republic. Well, I introduced this album on the last episode. It's a really another great release from the International Anthem label out of Chicago. Just so impressive. Year after year, how many good releases that they put out. Uh, Daniel Villarreal on drums, Jeff Parker on guitar, Anna Butters on bass. And uh, that's all improvised on this album. Recorded in person over two days late in 2020, but they didn't release it until now. They held on to these uh, until after his studio debut album, Panama 77, which was one of my best of last year. And after that one just now was a reissue. It arrived in my inbox a couple weeks ago from the always educational We Want Sounds label. And it's from the 1985 self-titled album by Ramuncho Mata from France. Uh, Ramuncho is not someone I'd heard of before. His background is really worth noting. From a Bandcamp page, visual artist, sound designer, musician, label founder, and emotional tree consultant, Ramuncho Mata is a man of shifting relentless talents. Diagnosed with autism at a young age, therapy based on yoga and music set him on a path, leading him to learn from the likes of composer Quaterto Cedron. And then reading from the liner notes for this reissue, it says, uh, mixing funk, no wave, and ambient soundscapes. The album released on tiny French label Mosquito was conceived as the soundtrack for French choreographer Régine Chopinon's play, Via, with costumes by fashion rising star Jean-Paul Gaultier. That's very interesting. So Mata was obviously part of the lively art scene in Paris in those days. Uh, he also spent some time in New York City in the 1980s. And this particular album is apparently a real collector's favorite. So there's a lot of interest in the reissue from the We Want Sounds label. And it's certainly got a very distinct sound. And we heard a tune there called Zoike One. All right, speaking of distinct sounds, another reissue that came in recently, this time from a group I also had no idea about. They are called Le Abranis. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. From Algeria. It's uh, two guys, Shami Elbaz and Karim Abdenaur. Uh, and they are Berbers, uh, the Berber people from the northern region of Algeria. Um, the two guys had settled in Paris in the early 70s. And at the time, the Berber people were undergoing quite a lot of oppression within Algeria. So many of them did relocate. I'll admit, I don't know too much about this period or the situation in Algeria. So my apologies if the liner notes are not 100% accurate in their description. Well, Shami and Karim both were huge rock fans and they formed a band that incorporated not only rock influences, but also their own folk. And then moving into the 70s, disco and funk type sounds too all the while proudly celebrating their Kabila heritage in the vocals and the melodies. This is really hypnotic stuff. I fell instantly in love with this compilation. It's called Amazig Freedom Rock, 1973 to 1983 on the Bongo Joe label. And check out this awesome tune called Akudar. This is Le Abranis from Algeria. I'm 
yeah, that does not need any extended introduction. The Isley Brothers, one of the biggest hits of their long, legendary career. Of course, it's That Lady from the classic album 3 Plus 3, Ernie Isley on what is now considered one of the greatest rock guitar solos ever recorded. That fuzzy and phased tone, just astonishing guitar players, even today. You know, the Isleys really were something. They had hit singles from the late 50s into the early 2000s, and they were always sounding hip and fresh. That's uh, another classic album from 1973, 50 years ago. Um, and I was just reading earlier that the album 3 Plus 3 was recorded at the Record Plant Studio in Los Angeles, and, and while they were in the studio, right across the hall, Stevie Wonder was recording Intervisions. I mean, wow, think about that. <laughs> think about randomly walking in to the record plant studio in LA. And then you've got the Isleys recording three plus three and right across the hall is Stevie doing Intervisions. Whew. Well, we'll be getting to Intervisions on an upcoming show, of course, as we hit some more 50th anniversary celebrations. Such a great year for album releases, 1973. Okay, gonna cheat a little bit with this next one as it's not quite 50 years old yet. It was recorded in 1974. That's just like me, actually. Not quite 50 yet. We're getting closer. Only a few months to go. Uh, the great Gil Evans. Very famous for his series of albums with Miles Davis in the 1950s and 60s as an arranger and conductor. Well, in the 1970s, he led a big band of rotating members. And they recorded the album Plays the Music of Jimi Hendrix in June of 74. The group featured names such as Lou Soloff, David Sanborn, Billy Harper, Ryo Kawasaki. And on this album, they took uh, Jimi Hendrix tunes, added some improvisational bits into some of the jazzy charts that Gil Evans added. I remember years ago, when I first heard about this album, immediately poo-pooing the idea, because I'm not generally a big band fan, and I'm not generally a fan of people taking music like Hendrix and adapting it into the jazz world. But when I sat down and gave it a listen, I kind of instantly got what they were going for. I think you'll dig it too. Check out the band doing this one, the great Hendrix composition, Angel. This is Gil Evans and his orchestra from 1974. <laughs>
What's your story, morning glory? What makes you look so blue? The way that you've been acting, I don't know what to do, but I love you. Sure as one and one makes two. What's your story, morning glory? Got a feeling there's a lot you're concealing. So won't you tell me that you love me too?
a sweet one there from easily one of my album picks of the year, Cecilia Smith and her Mary Lou Williams Resurgence Project, Volume 1, Small Ensemble. Introduced this album last episode as well. It's really superb. It's featuring Carla Cook on vocals and Cecilia Smith herself on the vibes. Not that he's listening as he's too busy being the master of all social media, but that one's for my Tokyo Jazz Joints buddy, Philip Barneal. See, Philip, I can play vocal jazz now and then, too, when it's the good stuff. Just none of that boring Chet Baker or 1950s cool nonsense that you seem to dig so much. Okay, more new music now. The great drummer and composer, Mark Juliana. The brand new album release, it's called Mischief. This one was recorded at the same session's as last year's release, The Sound of Listening. Uh, you know, I did hear that, but I don't think I actually shared it here on the podcast last year. I got to go back and check. I do have a tracking file, as I've mentioned, to note down every tune that I introduce on the show. But at this point, I can't remember even five episodes back, let alone 20 or so. So it's important to keep good notes so don't repeat things if possible. Anyways, Mark and his guys, Chris Morrissey on bass, Shy Meister on piano, Jason Rigby on tenor sax. They have been playing together for oh, upwards of nine years now, and on this album, they're really showing how effortlessly they can flow and swing communicating with each other on a set of originals. Well, check out this one then called Radio Carbon Dating App. This is the Mark Juliana Quartet from the new album Mischief.
Going back to 1961 there, one of the great jazz box sets ever released. John Coltrane, of course, the complete live at the Village Vanguard, 1961. And that was the eternally beautiful ballad Naima, featuring Eric Dolphy on bass clarinet. Well, all four nights were recorded at this session at the Vanguard, but th over the years they were released in a real hodgepodge of different forms. Until in 1997, this complete four CD set came out. I remember I bought it right before I first came to Japan in November 1997. And still, almost 26 years later, it's one of my favorite collections. You know, there's been a lot of buzz recently about the uh, unearthed live recording of the Coltrane Quartet with, with Eric Dolphy that was just released. It had sat in the vaults for decades. And of course, anything that these guys did has uh, historic importance. But honestly, the sound quality was so bad on that, I really didn't enjoy it too much. You just couldn't hear much beyond Elvin Jones on drums, and the two hornmen sounded so far away in the mix. I mean, that's not a bad thing in itself, as Elvin Jones by himself is always worth listening to, but I thought it would be better to get the full band up here for you. So, again, that one is Naima, and this four-CD collection, the complete live at the Village Vanguard, is just beyond compare. One of my Desert Island discs, uh, for sure. Okay, um, back to new music again. This time, we're going to go to South Africa. Uh, Bongjiwe Mabandla is a singer-songwriter. He's based in Johannesburg. He has a voice and sound that really doesn't sound like anyone else that I've heard recently, at least. Now, he sings in the Khausa language. That's uh, X-H-O-S-A. I had to look that up, as I always thought it was pronounced Hosa, but it's actually Khausa. And Bong Joy's music is, I, I guess you may call it folk in some ways, but that doesn't really capture the feel of his records, and especially this new release called Amakesha, his fourth full-length release. It mixes acoustic and electronic sounds into a hypnotic mix that I think you'll really dig. I've certainly been a bit mesmerized by it the last couple weeks. So let's have a listen to this tune called Ubuko Bako. This is the great Bongjiwe Mabandla from South Africa. <laughs> Sunday. 
drifting from door to door, but you can't find no heaven. I don't get where I did. That is as deep as it can get. Skip James there singing Hard Time Killing Floor Blues. Talk about hypnotic and haunting voices. Skip James was born in 1902 in Mississippi. He played a very oddly tuned acoustic guitar and he sang in a falsetto. He recorded a whole bunch of sides in the 1930s, but then not again until the mid-1960s blues boom came back. Well, songs such as this one... Uh, Songs such as this one, uh, Sick Bed Blues, and The Devil Got My Woman are some of the scariest things ever recorded, as raw as you can get. So I really do recommend this compilation, Hard Time Killing Floor Blues, if you like the real authentic acoustic sound from Mississippi. And nobody else sounds like Skip James. Well, don't forget, as always, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at, at MarkMrOKJazzTokyo. You can hear the show via iTunes and SoundCloud or Tokyo Jazz site. The playlist is visible at all those locations. And, of course, you can email me directly at MrOKJazz at TokyoJazzSite.com. Let's go out today with one that, uh, well, this is a little bit challenging maybe for some of you, but try and stick with it. 
Several episodes back, I introduced the Taiwanese musician Sabiwa and her album Island Number no. 16, Memories of Future Landscapes. This is an amazing album. Uh, Sabiwa is exploring the indigenous music and sounds of Taiwan while using found sound uh, loops and edits and other kinds of techniques to really present something very, very fresh. Uh, this is one of the more eclectic and fascinating artists that I've heard while doing OK Jazz over the years, for sure. This piece, I don't even know if I would call this a tune or a song, um, but it is a great example of her work with the amusing title, Dog Smells Your Future. So set back in for this one, it's almost 10 minutes. This is the great Sabiwa from Taiwan. And I'll be back in two weeks, I hope, with the next episode. So until then, stay safe and healthy. Keep the good tunes flowing.
Shut up.